Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Sonu Matal, Senior Vice President, Head of Single Family Acquisitions at Freddie Mac. To talk about their new DPA1 initiative and how they're trying to work with industry to improve repurchase rates. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire with Melinda Wilner, Chief Operating Officer at UWM. Melinda, what resources does UWM have available for people who are looking to join the wholesale channel? We have a lot of great resources that are available. In fact, we have a a large size team solely dedicated to getting mortgage brokers into the industry. So whether it's starting your own brokerage, joining an existing brokerage, converting from a retail loan officer over to a wholesale loan officer, we have a whole host of things available. Um, There's We have teams that are dedicated to support even afterwards that will help with things like compliance and licensing, all that fun stuff, as well as marketing strategies and helping brokers with training. So we are really, really really well-versed on uh, getting people into the wholesale channel and a great place to start. And we have a great website, beingmortgagebroker.com with a lot of information on how to get started. So many options. Thanks, Melinda. And listeners, find out more, as she said, at beamortgagebroker.com. Sonny, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for having me on the podcast. Honored to be here. We're really glad you're here. We have so many things, uh, important things to talk about. We are recording this from the MBA Annual Conference here in Philadelphia. Um, it's just getting started. I'm excited that uh, you made time during this because there's going to be so many amazing panels. You know, let's let's dive right in and let's talk first about your background, right? So you spent several decades as an executive at different lenders before joining Freddie Mac this year. How does that lending background inform your role now? Yeah, so first of all, uh, you know, as I mentioned, thanks for having me on this podcast. You know, it's, it's an honor to uh, have a chance to work for one of the GSCs. Uh, joined Freddie Mac seven months ago, uh, so after, as you said, spending 20-plus uh, years on the primary side. And I would say, is, you know, when I started my conversation with Freddie Mac, uh, I was incredibly impressed with the, with the talent uh, which uh, Freddie Mac has and all the work which they're doing, which is very meaningful for our industry. But when I think about someone who's spent their career in sales, operations, strategy, analytics, uh, uh, you know, all those different areas, um, you know, it was really, uh, you know, a compelling reason for me to join Freddie Mac was that I can help how all the great work we do at Freddie Mac, how is that going to be digested or implemented or operationalized, you know, by the, by the lenders. So someone who has appreciation from all the way you know, either it's the loan officer taking the application or either it's the underwriters who are underwriting the loans or either it's the capital markets who's dealing with, you know, the best execution. Understanding all those pieces, you know, was, you know, I thought incredibly helpful perspective and experience, which I could bring to Freddie Mac. Uh, and that's really what, uh, you know, motivated me uh, when they reached out uh, for this specific role. That's exciting. Um, you know, at this event, you have, um, Freddie Mac has announced several new initiatives. One of them is DPA1, that right down payment assistance one, which matches borrowers to different down payment assistance programs. How long has this been in the works and what was the urgency in creating that now? 
You know, uh, we are very excited about uh, this launch. Uh, DPA1 is something which has been in years in making. Um, as If you look at all the research, we'll tell you over and over, uh, down payment is one of the biggest barriers, you know, to creating sustainable home ownership. And we looked at how we can do our part, given who we are, uh, how can we create, uh, you know, the right tool uh, for the industry uh, to leverage. So this is something which is, you know, was has been in works for over three years. Uh, the teams looked at how do we make sure that first, the down payment assistance programs which are available in the marketplace, are they being fully utilized? And what we noticed is a lot of them were actually not even fully utilized because there was not one place where the lenders and the housing counselors can connect the borrower and DPA1 really, you know, fills that gap. So what it does is it's one-stop shop for lenders to see what the, all the different programs which, which are available out there, especially we are starting with in 48 states, the housing finance, same agencies programs that the lenders can look at that and, and the housing counselors and connect the borrower with those. So first piece, utilizing the program which already exists. The second piece, which we are spent, spending a lot of our time and energy on is how can we connect them other local programs also to this portal. And this portal is of free of cost to lenders to utilize. And it will, as, as we uh, said in the release, it's going to be available at dpa1.freddy.com. So we are really excited about it. But again, this is just our first phase. Uh, we are we are going to continue to learn and continuing to expand on. It feels like that's this is the perfect time for that you know, for an initiative that's really looking because affordability is is at such a restrictive point right now, right? Between high mortgage rates and high home prices. It's it's great that you guys were working on that starting three years ago because we really need it right now. Yeah, no, we couldn't be, uh, the time couldn't be better. Uh, when, we, when you look at uh, in the press release, which we shared as well, that uh, dpa1.freddymac.com is where it's available for no cost to all the lenders. We are expanding in Texas and Minnesota for even their local programs right away. And we plan to expand into four additional states at the end of the year uh, and continue our work uh, into 2024. So that way we can bring this great tool and great offering uh, to, to most of the country. You know, you um, part, part of Freddie Mac's mission, right, is it includes a commitment to address the homeownership gap for Black and Latino borrowers. One way you do that is through your borrower borrow smart access special purpose credit program. <laughs> I need to wrap my tongue around that. How has that developed since you launched it? So I would say special purpose credit programs. Uh, we you know recently had a chance to participate in the even in the roundtable which was held by uh, you know CFPB, FHFA, and OCC combined. And uh, we are just continuing to make sure that folks understand uh, you know what it means um, when it comes to executing on a special purpose credit program because there's you can have your own lenders or sellers can have their own special purpose credit program or they can you know choose one of our our uh, special purpose credit program, which is what you're referring to, Borrow Smart Access. We launched it, uh, you know, late last year. We are continuing to learn from it as we move through throughout the year. Uh, we've launched it in 10 cities, including this city of Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, we are, you know, seeing good results, uh, you know, good start, uh, but, but there's obviously a lot more to do. So we are continuing to learn and see what additional adjustments um, and how we can work with the sellers as they've come up with their own SPCPs, how we can partner with them and understand. We've evaluated over 40 of them already. 
uh, with various sellers. And, and that's the work which we're continuing to do to make sure we can create, you know, more minority home ownership in the country. Do you see in this time of, you know, this purchase market and really just a, a very difficult environment, do you see more people being interested in the in this programs? I think there's uh, definitely interest for these programs or in programs in general. When you look at one of the, uh, the optimistic signs in the economy or in the industry is that there are folks who are graduating, you know, uh, and, do, and managing their finances in a way that they can become homeowners, even though the, the rates are high, but there's folks who are graduating from renters uh, to homeowners. So I think there's definitely opportunity uh, for these programs. It just all depends on uh, how mature these programs are, which is why uh, I mentioned is that, you know, these are relatively new and everyone's learning um, and, and refining the, the, the product uh, based on the feedback. Thanks for that update. Um, you know, there's been a lot of angst among mortgage lenders about loan repurchases, right? Um, and Freddie Mac saw the volume of loan defects rise significantly in 2022, which has spurred a rise in repurchase requests in 2023. I know that um, you guys have uh, put out a press release addressing this situation. You know, tell us like from Freddie Mac's view, like what can you do and what are you doing to ameliorate some of that? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, again, few things I would like to actually share. But before I do that, I want to thank all the uh, the sellers and lenders who have continued to emphasize on improving their quality and their quality assurance functions. Uh, when we look at Freddie Mac, uh, we've been focusing on how can we make sure we are collaborating and communicating um, with the lenders and the stakeholders across the industry. Uh, so when we looked at what are some of the what are some what are some of the areas where we can continue to improve internally as well? And we focus really on consistency and timeliness. How do we make sure that we are consistent uh, in as we are providing feedback to the sellers uh, when the repurchases you know do happen? Um, and then at the same time, we are doing it in a timely fashion and providing the adequate reporting uh, you know to the sellers so that way they are able to uh, you know manage it effectively as well. I'm excited to share that, you know, there's still more work to do, but I'm excited to share that uh, we've observed 60% drop in repurchase notices issued in Q3 compared to Q1 2023, which was the peak. Not only that, we've also, you know, the smaller lenders, you know, who are critically important to our ecosystem, they they, uh, experienced 68% drop in the repurchase notices, you know, in Q3 over Q1. I think the other uh, big factor we look at is the non-acceptable quality rate. Um, and that's also down 30% from the peak. So all the signs are telling us that the lenders, the sellers are doing a better job every day on manufacturing quality and improving their ecosystem. And at the same time, we are doing our part in making sure that we can uh, drive the right outcome for the industry. Um, and, you know, our work is not done, um, which is why we are, you know, heavily focused right now on looking at what are the other repurchase alternatives, uh, which we could, could be possible uh, for the industry, especially when it comes to performing loans, uh, which you heard from the director uh, last week. I did. Yeah, I, I got the chance to uh, sit down and have a fireside chat with uh, FHFA Director Sandra Thompson at our Housing Mart Annual last week. And we and she spoke directly to this issue. And I think one of the things that um, I asked her, which she was, you know, she gave an, a great answer to as well, was like, 
you know, we know that a lot of these loans don't need to actually be repurchased in the end. So is there a way to speed it up or, or get a better system in the meantime so it does not take up time and money for things that in the in the end they don't need to, it, we don't have to have that remedy, right? Do you see any policy changes coming on that? So I would say I, I would go back to, you know, how we continue to be consistent. And one of the things within consistent is we are expediting our policy changes, which will help clarify the seller guide and make it more prescriptive for the seller so that way there's a lot less judgmental uh, you know, items when it comes to uh, the seller guide um, and, and, and as the sellers underwrite their loans. But again, you know, a lot more work uh, we continue to do on that front, especially when it comes to repurchase alternatives for performance. Well, when we've heard from lenders on this, the the sticking point for them a lot of times is the appraisal, um, and it can be a very minor thing from their perspective. What is the remedy there when you think about the fact that like they're already using the you know what they think is the right tools to to get to the right appraisal, and in the end, it's sort of out of their control sometimes what that comes back at. So I would say there's you know a good amount of work which is happening in uh, the appraisal space in general. Uh, we're looking at how we can leverage data um, and uh, take that data into account and leverage that as we are passing the decisioning to the lenders, to the sellers, so that way we can avoid those pitfalls uh, which you are referring to because, you know, given the technology and data, the state of technology and data now, we should be able to do that pre-funding. So one of the uh, focus areas for us as well as is that we are looking at within quality control is how we can go actually more upstream how we can leverage technology to help us, uh, you know, do that because we don't want, obviously, that to be the outcome. And then I think the other piece I would just say is, is uh, as we leverage data and te- technology, uh, you know, there's also opportunity for do we always need uh, a full appraisal? You know, is there other appraisal alternatives? So so those are, you know, the, the different things which we are looking at on how we can help um, and, and continue to make sure we're moving in the right direction. But at the same time, uh, I would say is, is when it comes to loan quality, as we started this conversation, it's, it's a responsibility for both. Uh, you know, so it's not just we have to continue to do more work. We need the sellers or the slash lenders to continue their momentum. So what do you wish when, I mean, you were on the lending side for those years, now you're here. What do you wish that lenders knew about Freddie Mac or the way things operate that maybe you didn't know when you were a lender? I would say uh, maybe I'll, I'll change that question a little bit. Uh, from my perspective, it's just, you know, what can lenders count on when they think about Freddie Mac? Um, you know, and that's something which uh, if I was on the primary side, you know, what would what should I be able to do? And I would say that you can count on us to be, you know, a good listener. Uh, we want to listen to your feedback. We want to collaborate with you. We want to be with you in any cycle, including this one, which is a challenging cycle. And we want to make sure that as we are developing new products, features, or uh, different initiatives, we, we want to do it to make in a way that it's operationalized and implemented in a streamlined way. Um, it's not uh, something which... Uh, you know, is met with a lot of uh, resistance. Uh, that's what I would like folks to expect that as they engage with Freddie Mac is, is that we want to continue to partner with them. We may not always be able to say yes, uh, but we want to be, you know, be, be, a, be a strategic partner to them in their journey. 
This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at Housing Wire, with Ryan Marshall, CEO and founder of Equity Protect, to talk about a very specific and growing kind of fraud risk. Ryan, how does Equity Protect prevent deed fraud from occurring? So we've successfully devised a range of methods that harmonize the elements that exist. So certain laws, certain constraints, and customary policies that occur within title companies and the recorder's offices. Our approach combines a multi-factor authentication, very similar to one that you would find if you're logging in and out of your bank account, an authenticated transaction hyperledger layer, and a newly crafted and copyrighted property notice form that we serve as a public security lien. So in essence, our service parallels similar to a credit lock that you would find with your credit bureau. Property owners retain absolute control and they alone are the only authority that can unlock or lock their property to any subsequent transactions. Ryan, thanks for letting us know about that. Listeners, you can find out more information about deed fraud and how to prevent it at equityprotect.com. So I think this is a great place to know. talk about the urgency that maybe you guys have felt that Freddie Mac has felt this year, seeing those really, you know, those increases in repurchase asks and the speed at which you took action to, to try to do, or, or is it, I, I guess my question, uh, it is a question, was it um, a change that was made or was it just those, the season of loans that we got through that that's why, you know, it fell so much uh, in the second quarter compared to the first? I think if you, if you look back what's happened in our industry over the last three years, uh, you know, we went from like over $4 trillion a year originations to, you know, a sub $2 trillion. So everyone was working through, you know, massive backlogs. Everyone was working through, you know, heavy refi mix, which is, you know, one could say is a little bit simpler compared to purchase transactions are more complex. We are, as an industry now, running like close to 90% purchase mix. So, so, so definitely, you know, there's a change in what the what loans are being generated. Uh, so that definitely, you know, requires everyone to make a pivot. Um, so I would say that we have to make that pivot similar to the industry, uh, you know, and I, I think uh, the progress. Uh, so some of it is the mix, which you can say, is, but some of it is is we also, you know, what worked in a heavy refi boom may not work, you know, when you are in a heavy purchase market. So, so those are the things which we have to look at. And we looked at making changes across people, process and technology. You know, so, so I look at it as, as similar to what you would, you know, as you talk to lenders, they have to do, we have to do the same things. Um, and one of the other, uh, you know, reasons for me to join Freddie Mac was, you know, how we continue to, you know, streamline our execution. Um, so this was one of the things, you know, which I walked into early March when I joined. That's my last question for you is like um, at your time at Freddie Mac, which hopefully will be long and, and prosperous. But when you think about what you want to accomplish, you guys have such a huge mission. How do you break that down? And, and how do you think about it personally? Like this is what I these are what I want to accomplish before, you know, while, while I'm here. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's a great question. You know, for I would say there's. One, we want to make sure we fulfill our mission, which is, you know, and our, and, and continue to provide liquidity, stability, and affordability to the marketplace. And, and we do that, you know, not just what we are doing, but how we are doing, uh, you know, is, is equally important. So how do we make sure we, you know, uh, hopefully shorten the time 
it takes for some of the initiatives, uh, you know, as, as we bring them to the industry. Uh, I think the other thing I would say is, is, you know, how are we continuing to be more proactive uh, in certain areas? So I'll use one example, Sarah, is, um, you know, uh, we aligned uh, earlier this year and created a new function, um, or stood up a new function within single family called Loan Products Division or Loans Product Function. And the purpose of doing that was, is how, how do we have, uh, how do we make sure that we have a set of folks who are proactively thinking about what are, what is the, the barrier on some, what are the barriers to some of the products which we offer? How can we do more? What is the barrier for us to not get more volume uh, from our sellers on that? And second piece is how are we proactively thinking about reducing the cost to originate? not only for the seller, but also for the borrower. So we stood that up, uh, you know, and that function is relatively new. Um, but, but again, I think if you take anything away from this is, you know, there's again, I've said it in, uh, earlier, uh, that there's great talent at Freddie Mac um, already. Uh, my job is to make sure that we are, you know, structured in a way and connecting in a way that we, when we deliver the, the, the items to the industry, um, that they are meant, uh, they're, 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 they're much more easily digested than some of the you know, things which we uh, typically see. You know, you talked about uh, listening, Freddie Mac's listening. Um, how do you like to receive input? Like if I'm, if I'm a lender and I'm like, I want you to know X, you know, what's the best way for me to do that? You know, I, I, I will regret saying this, but I'm going to say this anyway. It's, it's, uh, I think the team knows internally uh, anyone who reaches out to me, I never, they, their email or text or call that goes, uh, never goes uh, ignored. Um, and that's the same thing we want to do. We have a great seller engagement team under Kevin Kaufman, you know, who is out there and, and, and want to make sure that we are getting your feedback. We already have routine calls with most of our sellers, but if you are, but if you want to provide feedback directly to me, I, I welcome that as well. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on, Sonu. And, um, you know, best of luck. We're, we'll be uh, having you on again soon. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.